The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's daf has been dedicated for the Rufu'ah Shalema of Le'ah Bat Rachel Chaya. Dedicated today by Anonymous. Again for the Rufu'ah Shalema of Le'ah Bat Rachel Chaya. Mara Mo'ed Katan. Daf He. Today's daf is being studied in the Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu began Aiden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied for Ashlema Yosef ben Sarah. In the Refanalo Betok Shahar Chole Amo Israel. Amen. We begin today's daf on Dalar Amud Bet, right on the bottom line, the last two words. And the Gemara says, Umetakenin et kidkule hamayim shibirishut arabim. We learned in the Mishnah that it is permissible on Chola Mo'ed to clean out the cisterns that are in the public domain. Now we're going to explain uh, exactly what the case is. Rashi says, Top line, For example, rocks that fell into the cistern as a result of the bor, and therefore they want to clean it out. So the Gemara says, From the Mishnah, we can make a diu can say, Cleaning out is permissible. Hafira lo. But from the fact that the Mishnah only said Hatita, so that were from the fact that the Mishnah said Umetakenin, it could kula ma'im. So we're assuming it's Hatita, yes. Hafira, no. Hafira would be digging out. Digging out would be too much exertion. And therefore, they're not going to allow it. So the Gemara says, Amar Biyakov, Amar Biyhanan, Lo Shano Ela Sheen Rabim Sidichim Laim. What type of well are we talking about? A cistern with the Rabim, where the public does not need it. But if the public uses that cistern, then you can even dig it. Like we learned, that when it comes to public works, so then we will be even more lenient. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Even if the Rabim needs it, is it going to be permissible to dig out? We learned in the Braita, this one called Braita number one. It is permissible to clear out, to unclog the borot, those are different areas where water is contained, so long as they are even if they are from an individual. And you don't have to say Shilabim, which means when it comes to cleaning out, you can clean out any type of water uh, uh, system. But you cannot dig out even a uh, place that contains water of the Rabim. And goes without saying that you cannot do it for a personal Shilabim. So therefore, the Gibran's question is, what are you telling me that when it comes to the beam, you're allowed to make hafira? From this bright over here, when it comes to hafira, you're not allowed to do it by a bore shell on a beam. My lab is beam, sedichim And we must be this bright over here that says, uh, a board of a rabim, it must be talking about a board that the rabim needs it, meaning it's a functional board that the Yisibur is using it, and still the bright is telling me hafira is asur. So basically the Gemara's question is from the Mishnah, you want to tell me that what, when it comes to a borshil and a beam, hafiraz mutar, but we have a bright that's mashmah, that hafiraz asur even by a borshil, rabim. Gemara says, no, no, that's not the way you interpret the bright, huh? It's talking about it's, it's a board in the public domain, but it's not being used by the public. That's why hafiraz is going to be asur. So the Gemara says, hold it. So we're talking about a public cistern that's not being used by the public. 
the kevate. So similarly, you have to learn gabe yahid when it says a board of yahid in abraita she'en yahid sadiq laim. So you have to say also so it's an individual board that also he's, it's not being used. So the Gemara that is hatita mishari. Would it be permissible to even clear out a board of yahid that's not being used? Just once you establish the braita that's talking about a board shield of beam that's not being used. So they have to be the case, they have to be similar. So the case of yahid has to be a board shield yahid that's not being used. So therefore, if it's a board shield yahid that's not being used, even hatita should be asur. Well, I'm not going to exert at all for no purpose. So therefore, that could make sense. And you're going to tell me. The Gemara says, a bor shil yachid, is it permissible to uh, clear it out if it's not being used? Vatanya, we have a bright, a borot, shinumiarot shil yachid, when it comes to these water cisterns of the yachid, konsin ma'inot ochan. First, it is permissible to collect water and place it into the uh, cistern. Again, obviously not doing it with a pail or a bucket, because that would be a great exertion, but it means, let's say, by, you know, running a stream through the, uh, let's say, cistern. Aval lo chotetin. However, one cannot be chotet. One cannot uh, clear, clear out. Velo shafin etzitken. No, can you smoothen, let's say, there's some cracks. So you want to smoothen the cracks. Veshel rabim. When it comes to the rabim, chotetin otan. It is permissible to clear them out. Veshafin et sitken. And you're allowed to plaster the cracks. So now the Gibbana is saying, in this bright of it's Avalochotetin. Now what's the case talking about? The case must be talking about where it's a board of Yahid, where it's not being used by the Yahid. It's not being used. And therefore it says, Lochotetin. And similarly you have a board shilada beam in this bright, and it's not being used. So Hatita will be permissible. But you see clearly what? That a board shilada that's not being used, Hatita is Asur. Look at the second Nashi. If you're going to learn the first Braita, which means, if you wanted to tell me the first Braita that we learned, the Braita, the first Braita I'm referring to was on the one, two, three, four, fifth line, if that Braita was talking about a Braita that Yahid Sarichlo, that the Yahid is using it, and that practice says Chotetin, that I can, I can explain this practice very simple. This practice says in Chotetin, it's talking about a Yahid, the Ensarichlo. However, as she continues, But if you're going to learn the first Braita, that it says, uh, if you're going to learn the Braita that says Chotetin, the first Braita, in the fifth line, that says Chotetin, that's talking about Ensarichlo, so then, what are you going to find this here? When it says over here, uh, in this Braita by us, she's going to learn the Braita of Chotetin. The first Braita is Chotetin. If you're going to learn, it's talking about a board of Yahid of the Ensarik law. So, how are you going to learn the second Braita over here that says in Chotetin? Bemai Mukhidme. Which is, what are you going to learn it? Ela, so we have a question. Bottom line, our question in this Gemara is we have a diuk from the Mishnah. We want to say a board shall Yahid. It's forbidden, it's only permissible to be chotet. Chotet means to, to, to clear out. Actually, the Bible is talking about cisterns in the public domain, so we have to be clear. So you can clear them out. Or clear them out, yes. However, digging them, no. So that's the Gibbalah's question. Let me digging them, no. I thought you're allowed to dig out a, uh, a, a, a well of uh, uh, the Rabim. Right, that was the Gibbalah's first question. So the Gibbalah says, uh, but must be talking about, again, I want to be clear over here, must be talking about 
that the Rabim does not need them. That's why he can't dig them out. But if the Rabim needed these wells, so then already even Hafira would be mutar. And from there we had a question from a bright, and it's Mashmah, that even when the Rabim needs it, Hafira is still Asur. So the Gemara says, Ve'ela mai. What do you want to say? Bishiyakid sariklahim. Oh, so you want to explain the second raita that it's talking about yahid sariklahim, and therefore you're telling me the kivateh. Similarly, gaber abim b'sharvim sariklahim, sariklahim lahim. Hafira mi asir. Are you going to tell me that hafira is asur? So no matter how you learn these braytot, you're always going to run into a Problem. So he was Vatanya, we have a clear bright abroach shil yaqid. If it's sil yaqid consin my mutuhan. Vihotetin otam. So it's the board of a yaqid. You're allowed to put water into them and also you're allowed to clear them out. Uh, skip this line here. This line is taken out by the Bah. This uh, line over here. Velo then go to the next one. Velo sadin otan besid. And you cannot a plaster them with limestone. Veshil Rabim, but if it belongs to the Rabim, Hofrin Otam. Clearly, you're allowed to dig out a board of Rabim. Vesadin Otam Besid. Skabra says, Kamaita. So then we have a question on the first Brighta, which is the Brighta that we read above that said that in Hofrim Shil Rabim. Here it's much more clearly that what? That when it comes to the Rabim, you are Hofet. So we have a Stira from, we'll call this Brighta number three. The Brighter number one. Brighter number one clearly said, Children are beam in Hofrim. And Brighter number three says, Children are beam in Hofrim. So Gabriel basically answers the following. Taritzach, he explained like this. Hotetin borot shil yachid. You're allowed to dig out, not dig out, you're allowed to clear out a board of a yachid. Beshi yachid sadiklam. Oh, when the yachid is using them. Then sadiklamar beshil rabim. And goes without saying, you could clear out the board of a rabim b'shirabim s'richim lahim. When the rabim is using them, da'afilu hafira mutat. Because when the rabim is using it, you can even do hafira. Ve'en hofrim borot shpenu marot shirabim. And you're not allowed to dig out a board of rabim b'shirabim rabim s'richim lahim. When the rabim is not using them, ve'en s'rich lomar shir yahid. And goes without saying, you cannot dig out a board of yahid when they're not using him. Dekhi en yahid s'rich lahim afilu hatita nameh asur. Because if the yahid is not using it, even hatita is going to be asur. So the bottom line result of this Gemara is, when it's shil rabim, and rabim is using it, you can do anything you want. You can do hatita, and furthermore, you can even do hafira. You can even dig it out. When it comes to a yahid, that they are using it, so also we're going to say what? That... Hatita, meaning clearing out is permissible, and hafira is going to be asur. However, when the wells are not being uh, used, so then already uh, it's going to be that what? Uh, by a borshil rabim, it's going to be only hatita mutar, and a borshil yahid that's not being used, everything's going to be asur. That's the basic result of this, uh, of this Gemara. And what the Gemara did at the end, it, it revamped the first Braita. It just gave you more uh, clarity in the first Braita than telling you that what? When it comes to Tzarikh Lahim, Tzarikh Lahim, by a Borshil Rabim, you can even make Hafira. And by En Tzarikh Lahim, by a Borshil Ya'id, you can't do anything. And a Borshil Rabim, you'll be allowed to make Hatita. That's basically the compromise uh, that the Gemara makes over here. Right, everything goes down a level. Or upper level, however you want to learn it. Shil Rabim, when Rabim are using it, that's the best case. There's two things going for it. Shil Rabim and Rabim using it. That already dig out. Because the rule basically is going to be, even though digging out is the Hayat 
but for the Rabbim, we'll waive the Terhayatira rule and we'll allow you to uh, dig out. When, the, when it's for Yahid, I'm not going to waive the Terhayatira rule. When it's for Yahid, even though he's using it, I'll let you clear out. I'll let you do Hatita. But Hatita, I'm not going to let you. When it's not being used, then already by Yahid, nothing. Don't do Hatita, go Shekin Hatita. By a Rabbim, since it's still of the Rabbim, like it has a potential to be used for the Rabbim, still the Hakimim will allow you to do Hatita and clear it out. Okay. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Vashem Anitim Nabidaika. Our Mishnah is also Meduyeket. That what? When it's Rabbim Sirichim Lo, Hafiraz Mutar. Yeah, when it's Rabbim Sirichim Lo, Hafiraz Mutar. Dektani, because it says in the Mishnah, Osin Kosurche Rabbim. It says you're allowed to do all public works. So the Gemara says, Kol Atu Yemai. What is this? All public works coming to include? Love that to Hafira must be coming to include that what an abortion a bimi could even do Hafira. All public works is coming to include Hafira. Versus law, it's not coming to include that. La tuya detanya. Maybe it's coming to include the following brighter. Yotzin lekavetz et derachim. It is permissible to go out on Holamoed to uh, call it dethorn the roads. Sometimes you have thorns on the roads over there. So you want to get the thorns off the roads is dangerous. So you're allowed to go out lekavetz et derachim to take the thorns off the roads. Will it take care of and to fix the the streets? The etestal. The market streets. Okay, you can you can uh, pave all those roads. And you go out on Cholamoy to measure the mikvaot to make sure they have mimseah. The whole mikveh she'en bar ba'imseah and any mikveh that's not forty seah margilin etokar ba'imseah you're able to uh, uh, guide into it forty seah. I mean, your rainwater. You're able to have, let's say, a place where there's rainwater. You can't draw the rainwater, obviously, into it. But Margidin, you guide it or direct it into the Mikveh. And how do we know that if the Beit does not go out, let's say, and do this public works by fixing the roads and things like that, take out the dangerous situations, that it's considered if anybody dies, got to be on those roads. The Beit is responsible as if they spilt this blood. The blood is going to be on you. She is referring to the law of Amaket. person has to put a parapet around his roof, if let's or a high area, like a fence around it, a gate, so people don't fall off. If you didn't put your Ma'akeh, uh, and somebody fell off the roof, the owner of the uh, house is going to be responsible. So the same thing over here. The blood is on the hands of Betin does not go out and make sure that this uh, municipalities over here, the, the roads and things like that are safe. So the Gemara wants to say that that's what the Mishnah is coming to include. When the Mishnah says, uh, at the end of our Mishnah, when it says, Osim it's coming to include these cases over here, all the needs of the Sibur. So the Gemara says, no, what do you mean? I don't need the, that, that, that statement to include these cases. The Mishnah explicitly says these cases. Why? Because what does the Mishnah say? Oh, so what is that? coming to include? Must be coming to including That what? That when it comes to a board of the Rabbim, and the Rabbim Srikim, no, then even Hafira is going to be Mutas. When you read the Mishnah again, and it says, you learn what is that coming to include? Hafira in a board that. That's the Kiddush of the Mishnah.
comes the Gemara and says further. You're allowed, actually, it's an obligation to go out on Cholam uh, and mark the graves. Now, we're talking about graves over here, uh, obviously, where there's corpses in the graves, and they are a problem of oil tum'ah. Because somebody walks over this grave, uh, even though you didn't touch anything, it's on the ground. Just going over it is considered oil, and that can be metame'a kohen. He cannot eat now. So we want the Kohanim to be aware exactly where the graves are, so they will not have a uh, problem. If they're carrying Tirumah in their hands, for example, now they're going to have to burn the Tirumah. So we don't want that situation. So therefore, it says you go take limestone, and you uh, mark off exactly where the graves are, on the ground, of course, and then the Kohanim are able to navigate, and able to know exactly where not to walk. So the Gibran says, Where do we have a rem is that it's a mitzvah to make to mark the graves, which means obviously if we're allowing this on Cholam Oed, must be Tzmitzvah. But obviously it doesn't tail work. You are, you know, doing, uh, we're going around uh, painting the uh, ground. It must, unless it was a Mitzvah, we would not allow this on Cholam Oed. So the Gemara is asking, how do you know, at least the Rem is an illusion that Siyun Kevarot is a Mitzvah. Tamud so the Gemara quotes a Pasuk from Yahaskel that's prophesizing about the future war of Gogu Magog where there's going to be a lot of corpses of the Guim. So the person of Gogu Magog. So it says, Adam. So the person is going to see a bone of a person, Ubana Itzlo Tsiyun. And he's going to put a Tsiyun next to it. So the Tsiyun is a, is a marker. So you see there's, there's a concept of when there's bones, you put markers. That's only a remis. Because on a bone itself that's exposed, first of all, uh, a bone, you don't have to put a marker next to it. Because if it's exposed, you, 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 you see it. I mean, there's, there's no problem with you on something the Quaker see. The only thing you have to do to a bone is what? Bury it. A bone itself cannot convey oil to ma. So therefore, technically, this is not really a proof, direct proof for a body that you have to make a tziyun. This time is, uh, is, is giving a, a rem is when the pasuk says you'll see a bone and you'll make a tziyun next to it. Now she points this out when he says, look at that she when he says, They're going to make markers next to the bones that are uh, scattered uh, out or strewn out. The rem is there's only a damage. Why? Because the Agota Bach adds, if you look at here in the Agota Bach, which means all you're worried about over here is somebody might come move the bones. Well, for moving the bones, because when it comes to a bone, a bone is metameh only if you move it. So therefore, for that matter, you don't have to put a tziyun. You can just cover it. When it comes to a bone, you're not worried about too much oil. So we really should, could you do with it? Put dirt over it. Let the go and walk right over it. There's no tumah. So then it's really a remez over here. When it says you'll see a bone and you'll make it see you, and you really tell you explicitly that when you have a body that's buried where there is tumah, you have to make it because that's not the case over here. And I was saying it's a remez when you see the word siyun. Next to some type of item that uh, conveys some sort of tumah, so therefore we see over it is to make tziyuni, but it's not exactly the case we're looking for. But in this case, it would have been sufficient with these bones to bury them. Because what are you worried about? Tumat oil? There's no tumat oil by these bones.
So what do you mean by hesed? Hesed means the coin might walk and move it. Okay, good. So bury him in the ground. Once he buries him in the ground, there's no automatic hesed. You can't move them. There's no automatic oil. So it really doesn't prove our exact scenario where there is tumat oil. It's a regular corpse that does convey tumat oil, but uh, it's Yeremis. You see the word tumat next to the word siyun? Okay, so never went to Yeremis. So give us Amalei Rabbi Nahum, Rabbi Asher. Ha'amikamedi letei Yaskei Elman Amar. Zolder. So Yaskei is your first source for this uh, item. And before Yaskei came, how did you know what's the mitzvah? He said, until you had this Yeremis from Yaskei. Which is the prophets? How did you know uh, before Yahushkel came that this was an important thing? So the Gemara says, according to your reasoning, the following halakha we did not learn explicitly from the Torah Moshe Rabbeinu, but we learned from the book of Yahushkel. What says Kol Ben Nechal Arel Lev Varel Basar. Anybody that is uncircumcised, the Jew, lo yavo el mikdashi cannot come into the Beit Hamikdash. Now, why, why would a Jew be uncircumcised? She says it's talking about a case where his brothers were uh, circumcised, but they died as a result of the midah. Their brothers they didn't have clotting, and therefore the halachah says if somebody has two brothers that died mahmat midah, they do not circumcise them because it's sakanafim. But bottom line, it's considered uncircumcised. So how do you know that an uncircumcised Jew is not allowed to walk in the Beit Hamikdash? There's no pasuk in the Torah for this. We know it from pasuk in Yehoshkel. It says, "Call Arel Lev." Anybody that's Arel Lev and Arel Basar, uncircumcised, should not come into the Mikdash. So the Gemara says, "Mekamed leti Yehoshkel man Amar." Okay, before Yehoshkel came along and said this, so how did we know this halakha? Ela gamra gamirila. Ela must be we had a tradition that Yehoshkel v'asmecha akra. And Yehoshkel just came along and took a tradition that we had, the long-standing tradition, and he. Put it in the pasuk. So really, the source is not Yaskel. The source is what tradition. And Yaskel just put it in the pasuk. So same thing. Same thing. I tell you, when it comes to Tziyun Kevarot, I tell you, really, we had a tradition from all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. You have to mark the graves. And all Yaskel did is what he put it in is in the pasuk. So the source is really not Yaskel. The source is what. Tradition, just like the source of Quran, Harid Basar, Lo Yavon Mikdashik. It's the same thing. It's really a tradition, and uh, I can't put it in a pasuk. Now the Gemara says a different interpretation. Now the Gemara is going to give different proofs. How do you know you have to make Siyun Kivarot? The first proof was what from Yaskel. The next one, Rabbi says like this: Rabbi Abu Amar Me'acha Ve'Tame Tame Yikra. By the Mitzorah, when the Mitzorah, a person is on Sarat and he's walking outside the camp. So as he's walking outside the camp, he has to scream, Tameh, Tameh. He has to broadcast everybody's Tameh, so the people will know to keep away from him. So the Quran says, The Tum'ah must call out, To tell the person, keep away. And the Quran is applying this to a grave. If the grave has to call out to the person that's walking, the Quran specifically, and tell him, Tameh, keep away. That's the end of how Tziyun Kivarot. The Tziyun is the, is the calling out. It's Kivarot Mechir, Amar Abi, Uziel, Bar Bered Rabi Uziel Rabah, right, the grandson of Rabi Uziel Rabah, Tum'ah Kur'ah Lo. It's almost as if the Tum'ah calls out, because it's Tameh Tameh Yikra. Right, the Tum'ah will call out, Ve'omeret Lo, Perosh. And so to speak, it tells the person, Keep away. Kivarot says, Ve'ay, Le'achiyu Da'ata. Is the Pasuk Tameh Tameh coming to teach me Tziyun Kivarot? We need this pasuk ready for a different teaching. That was the bright of it. Tameh, tameh yichra. 
Sarikh Lehudiyat Sa'arod Rabbim. The Mitzorah, when he's walking outside of the camp, he has to let everybody know his Sa'ad. He has to let everybody know his predicament. Why? Right. So they'll pray for him. It seems the Mitzorah himself cannot pray for himself. As we once explained, because the Mitzorah gets Sarah because of Lashon Ara. Once when a person speaks Lashon Ara, he misuses his mouth. His mouthpiece is now malfunctioning. Once his mouthpiece is malfunctioning, he cannot use it for tefillah. It's a broken mouth. So therefore the biggest problem that the Mitzvah has, he's sick and he can't get better. And he can't even pray for himself because his mouth doesn't work in tefillah. So therefore he has to let everybody know, Tameh, Tameh. They're going to see his Tameh. They're going to say, oh, please pray for me. That's what he's saying. So that's what you need to pasuk for. So I can tell me you need for tziyun kebarot. It says, imken nechtov v'tameh yikra. If that was the case, the pasuk would say just once, v'tameh yikra. He will call out that he's Tameh. My v'tameh Tameh. Why does it say it? Repeat it. Tameh, Tameh, Ikra, Shmat, Minah, Tarti. He learned two things. He learned the law of the Mitzorah, that he has to broadcast that his Tameh so the people will pray for him. And the second Tameh teaches me what? That the Kivarot have to call out by saying that they're Tameh. And therefore, how does that do it? By making Tziyun Kivarot. So that is the second source for Tziyun Kivarot. Now get to the third source. Abayyamar Me'acha. You're not allowed to put a stumbling block uh, in front of a blind man. If a Kohen does not notice a kever uh, there, he's going to walk right over it. And what's going to happen? He's going to end up eating terumah when he's tameh. He's not going to know. So putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person. So that's another source. I have to make sure you give it The papa gives the fourth source. Amar me'acha. The pasuk says, Ve'amar, solu, solu, tanu darech. Solu, solu, make the roads, mean straighten the roads, the paths, tanu darech. Clear away the... Clear away these streets, which means how do you make the uh, the roads? Which means clear them up that the Kohanim will be able to walk on them without having to worry about Tumah. How do you do that? By marking the Kibarot. That's the end of the Pasuk. Raise a stumbling block from the road of my nation. What's a stumbling block? Again, the you will show them the road that they may walk on. And show them the road, which means cause the roads to be clear from any type of tumah. Which means, means you should uh, cause the Jewish people to uh, keep away. From Tameh. You should cause them to abstain from Tumah. How do you cause them to abstain from Tumah? Put a marker on the kever. Make a fence for my fence. Which means the Tumah is called a Mishmeret. The Tumah is called a Mishmeret. Why is Tumah called a Mishmeret? Because you have to protect it. And we have a pasuk that says, that what? You have to put a protection to the thing that's called my Mishmeret. What's Mishmeret? Terumah. How do you put a protection to the Terumah? Tzion Kevarot. By putting the markers over there, you're protecting my Terumah from becoming Tameh. Ravina Amar, another source. Vesam Derech. Arenu Beyesha Elohim. Vesam Derech, as she says, Shosim Siman. Tzion, like Siman. Vesam Derech. Now what? Is it that it's so they know exactly which roads to take? Amar Biyosho ben Levi. Kol Hasham or Chotav. Anybody that evaluates his ways in this world, Zoch. 
He will enjoy the, in the salvation of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Mashiach comes, he will enjoy in Olam Abba with uh, the Tzadikim. Shnei Emar, the Sam Derech. Really, Sam Derech means you should place a Siman on the road. Altekrev Vesam, Ela Vesham Derech. Read it like a sheen. Anybody that evaluates their ways. What do you mean evaluates their ways? So that she says, Schar avera keneged efseda and efsed mitzvah keneged sechara. Which means when a person calculates the reward he gets from sin. Which means schar avera, certain pleasure, certain benefit that he might get from sin. But when you calculate, is the reward of sin worth the hefsed? Is it worth the long term loss? Or the hefsed you get from doing a mitzvah? The loss that you get from doing a mitzvah keneged sechara according to the reward that you're going to get. That's sham. That you're evaluating, you're calculating. How much is worth? How much is that worth? That's when you make an evaluation. For the pasuk is saying, whoever evaluates their ways in this world, when you calculate, is it worth it for me to do this? What's the upside? What's the downside? They've said sechat. Then already he will benefit to see the Yeshai, which is in the future. He will enjoy the salvation of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Learning and making a play on the words v'sam derek v'sham derek. Somebody that evaluates their ways. So he was I didn't had a student. every day Every day he would ask him questions, strong questions. on Shabbat of the Regel, that's on the Shabbat before the holidays. Or on the Regel itself, where a lot of people came to the Shiur. He didn't ask him any questions. He didn't want to embarrass him. Well, they were in the private shul. He would ask him questions. Uh, that, that's the learning. But in front of the people, when they came on the Shabbat of the Regal, he didn't want to embarrass the rabbi. So to be an eye, he called on this student. He said, this boy over here evaluates his ways. It means he's making a calculation. I mean, he, he appreciates it. He doesn't ask on, on, on the regel. He doesn't want to embarrass me. That means the student knows exactly when to ask and when not to ask. It means he's making calculations. He's thinking. He's making He's not just uh, asking questions whatever he wants. That she says on the top, When he calculates the hours, when to ask, when not to ask. This is already the yan of Vesham Derech. And now we move into the subjects of Tum'ah v'tara. Tarot Rabbanan. E'en mitzayinin lo al kezayit min amit. We do not make tziyun kevarot on a kezayit of amit. Now kezayit of amit means over here, kezayit of flesh. Now, it should be pointed out, a kezayit of flesh is mitameh be'ohim. So l'chaura, if it's a kezayit of flesh, you should have to put a tziyun. Come on, I will ask this question. Let's just learn the whole baraita. The Gemara is going to go back and explain... All the cases. Second case. Velo al etzim kisona. That's right. If you have a bone fragment the size of a barley, so that does not metameh be oil. So therefore, there's no problem. You don't have to make a tziyun. Just buried under the ground and uh, finished. Etzim kisona is metameh behesit. Meaning, if the kid moves it, if let's say he's walking, he kicks it, he's tameh. So if it's above the ground, I'm not so worried because either he can see it. Right? And uh, walk around it. And if it's so small, just bury it under the ground. You don't have to, but you don't have to make a siyun. Because once it's not mekabel oil tum'ah, you can just walk right over it. So that's no siyun by an ansim kisura velo adavar she'eno mitameh oil. Or for that matter, anything that's not mitameh oil does not need a siyun. What do you do? Just bury it. Aval bitsayinin ala shidra. Okay, if the spinal column 
Not, you don't even have a whole corpse. You have the spine, which is really one bone. The spine of the person, Barmenan, can be Mekabel Tum'at Ohel. The Ala Gulgolet, Gulgolet would be the skull. The skull of a person as well is Mekabel or Metamebe Ohel. Al Rov Binyan. Rov Binyan is the majority of the frame of a person. For example, let's say the bones of the leg. So you have the long thigh bone and the shin bones, even though it's not a lot of bones. It's two or three bones, but it's the majority of his frame. That also could be metameh be'oel. Ve'alrov minyan. Or you have majority of bones, even though it's not rov binyan. Majority of bones is 125 bones. There's 248 uh, limbs in a person. So 125 already, that's considered rov. And therefore, if you have either rov binyan, that's the majority of the frame, those are the big bones of the legs, or rov minyan, which is majority of bones, or shidra, or, that's the spine, or gulgolet, skull, all those parts of the body are mitameh, they only if we're going to have to make a tziyun, a mark. The en mitziyinin alavadda'ut. On a place where you know for sure there is Tum'ah, you do not make a uh, marker. There's no purpose to make a marker over there. Everybody knows. There's a myth over there. The Qanim already are aware not to bring their Taharot to that area. Aval mitzayinin ala sifikot. However, if it's a place where it's doubtful, questionable, you make it soon on that place. Ve'eluin ala sifikot. The Gemara is going to give three examples of a case we have a sifik. Sichachot, piraot, ubetaparis. The Gemara will explain each one of these items when we get to it. Again, remember, just sechachot, peraot, betaparis is a three case of sefeg. And the Gemara is saying, what? You have to put a marker in that area. Now, we do not put a tsiyum bimkom tum'ah, which means like this. Let's say the tum'ah is an exact spot. You don't put the marker right on the spot where the Tumah is. You have to put it a little in front of it. Because if you're going to put it directly on the spot, Shilol the Tarot. You're going to cause the Tarot, the Tumah to become Tamek. Because what's going to happen to Kohen? By the time he receives the, the, the marker, he's on the Tumah already. So you got to give him a warning a little before the uh, Tumah. So he doesn't just, uh, you know, comes, it comes upon him suddenly. And before he knows it, he's standing on the uh, Tumah and he has to burn his uh, Tumah. So therefore you put the marker a little close. The end However, you don't put it so far. So yeah, it has to be balanced. Why? Shilol Israel. Because you don't want to now ruin the land of Israel. You're not going to be able to walk anywhere. Which means, now every place over here, you're marking it 20 feet in front of every uh, kever, right. so that, that land becomes now un, uh, unwalkable. So then we don't want to be mafsid, and it's either, so you have to put it in front of the tumah, but not lahok, not so uh, far, not so far away. Right? And she says, Right, you're making a lot of roads in Ezer Tameh, when really it's really not Tameh. So we don't want to do that to Israel, so therefore we don't do that. Now, because uh, now the goes back to the Brighter. That's the end of the Brighter. Now we're going to analyze each case. The Kezait, when I met, you know, with Tameh, you tell me if a Kezait of flesh, you don't have to put a marker. Why not? We know that a Kezait of a mit does convey oil to Ma. The following items are Mitameh Beoil. Kezait Menamit. And one of the cases is Kezait Menamit. So look how you should have to put a marker 
Where does a kezayit demet? Sgevas Amar Papa Hacha bekezayit mitzumsam askinan. First of all, we're talking about it's exactly the shiur of a kezayit. The sof sof mehsar hasir. What's going to happen eventually? In the near future, it's going to decompose. It's flesh. So it's going to go from a kezayit very fast to less than a kezayit. So less than a kezayit is what? Less than a kezayit is not mitamei be'oil. So therefore, you're only worried about the initial, however many days, which is a small amount of time, when it's under the ground, that it's going to be metameh tumat oil. But for the long run, it's going to decompose, and not going to be metameh tumat oil. So you know what the Gemara says? Mutav yisrifu alav terumah v'kadashim nefisha'ah ve'al yisrifu alav le'olam. Better to burn terumot and kadashim temporarily, but not to burn forever. Now what does this mean? The simple interpretation means, listen, so when a guy walks over it, initially it's going to be the size of a kezayit. Alright, well, kezayit's metameh. So initially he's going to have to burn the tirumah. However, for the long run, he's not going to have to burn anymore. Because really it's going to be less than the shi'ur. So we'd rather put the guy in a situation where he has to burn his tirumah temporarily instead of having to burn it for the rest of his life. Now you're going to answer the question, what do you mean? He's not going to know anything. If we're not putting a marker, how's he going to even know to burn the tirumah the first time when he walks over? He doesn't know he walked off anything. So the Ritba says, these words are lavdafka. It means over here, where he's going to eat the tirumah betumah. See, the guy's going to walk over this, kezayit of a mit, he's not going to know. He's going to no marker there. He's going to eat tirumah beshogeg betumah. Gebalah says, we'd rather that temporary situation, which is really a safek. Who says he's going to walk over it? Who says when he walked over it, it was really slick as I? So it's not vadai, but what? Better that situation than what? Then what are you going to do? You're going to put a marker there. Now you're going to put a marker there, and it's really not too much. It really decomposed. Now for the rest of history, every time a guy walks by, by mistake, let's say. By mistake, he walked by the item, he didn't see the marker, then he takes it to the map, burn it. You're burning Turumah This Turumah does not have to be burned. So we'd rather a minor situation, meaning a temporary problem, than to have a chronic problem in the future. That's why we just bury it, rely on the fact it's going to decompose, because we're talking about a Kazayim Sam. It's exactly a Kazayim, so how long does it take? It could be a couple of hours even. Until it just decomposes, then we're going to have a problem. So for the few hours in between that you're worried, better. To let a guy, unfortunately, might eat terumah betumah, than to have for the rest of history, them burning terumah betahara, thinking that there's a, uh, there's tumah there. Okay. The following case of Sefekot, and the case of the Sefekot, we said you have to put your uh, markers on the case of Sefekot. Sechachot, ufiraot. Now what are these items? Sechachot, or Sechachot, that comes from the word Sechach. Sechach is a little like an overhang. Oh, you have a tree that's overhanging over the ground. Now, what's the case over here? It's a tree that's next to a cemetery. Sometimes, let's say, they want to bury somebody in the cemetery. It's late, for example, whatever it is. They couldn't get the body into the cemetery itself. So they put it in a private area under a tree next to the cemetery. It's also Makom Sanua. So then when you have a tree under a cemetery, next to a cemetery, it's safik. You don't know if there's a body there or not. But usually it's a place where people would bury because it's a modest place. They couldn't get to the cemetery. So therefore you have to put a marker in front of the tree. 
Okay, that's the way it, uh, Rashi explains. I'm reading it. Asemuchot l'shut rabim asemuk lebet akevarot. The mesav kalan behu betumat akevan diyesh alehem ohel the gilim nekbor sham bemkom tsanua. Okay, so that is the case of sechot peraot. Peraot is referring to over here uh, protrusions of stones. Abanim peruot the yotzot men agader. Let's say you have a fence. And let's say, uh, you know, let's say, uh, however much, how high, coming out of the fence is a stone, protrudes. So that's an oil, okay? Now, under that stone would be maybe customary. Again, if it's next to a cemetery, you bury somebody there because again, it's it's, it's 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 modest. It's not exposed to the public. Now, obviously, we're talking about the queen could walk over that area. So we have a stone protruding from a wall underneath that stone that's next to a cemetery. You have to be concerned that maybe they put a corpse there, so that we have to put a marker next to that area so the Quran is aware not to walk on it. That's safik. You don't know for sure, but it is a safik, and on a safik you have to put the marker there. The third case of safik was what? Bet Paris. What is a bet Paris? Let me bet Paris. Paris is fragments. Paris is like uh, pieces. The the place of the of the pieces. What was this talking about? Kedetnan. Ha'choresh is a kever. Let's say there's a kever. It's known. There's a corpse buried in a field. And they went with the plows, and they plowed up the ground. You have turned that field now into a bed apares. What is that exactly? So that she tells us over here. Bed apares. Which means when a person, uh, let's say there's a cave in there, right? And he plows it up, mm-hmm. you have to assume that now bone fragments are going to be flying all across the field. Up to 100 amma. Kohen, you have to know this. There's a bit of paris. Kohen has to know when he's going to walk through that field. Like the Gavarazim is going to say it immediately. Let's say he wants to go bring Korban Pesach. He's got to be concerned about little bone fragments that are the size of a se'ora or less that are mitameh behesit. There's no oil to mount by the bones. But you're worried about what? That he might, as he's walking through the field, he might move one of these little bone fragments. So the Gemara says, uh, how, how long is a bit apart is generally? The size of the length of a furrow, which is 100 amma. Which means we assume that when you plow the field, the pieces fly... The shoot of a hundred amma. So when the Kohen, let's say they warn him, this isn't, the Kohen this is a bit of Paris. So he's got to know that a hundred amma, the Kevin was here, so he's got to know a hundred amma. Where the plow is, that area has got to be concerned that there might be bones that are strewn in the area. So the Gibran says, oh, I, I, and therefore what? Therefore the Gibran is saying, a bit of Paris, you have to put a marker. Now the Kaura, the Gibran is going to question, what are you putting exactly a marker for? Is this an oil to my situation? Again, always learn the rule of Tsiyun. Tsiyun is only for oil to my situations. If you have a, a bone underground, you're worried because you're going to walk over it, so you put a marker. Incidentally, I didn't mention, but it should be mentioned, why do they put the marker of limestone? That she said on Amudishon, because the limestone is white. And the bones are white. So therefore that's a good siman for that there's white bones underneath the ground. You put a white uh, siman to allude to the white bones. In any event, we have a statement. What does that mean? You have a Kohen. The Kohen is going to bring Korban Pesach. 
He's got to walk through a better paris. He's going to walk through a better paris. He's potentially going to become Tameh. So you know what he does? He blows his way through it. How does he blow his way through it? He walks very cautiously. And he... He blows by the ground. Any bone fragments that is going to be on the ground, what's going to happen? They're going to move away. You're only worried about Tum'ah Tesetum. You're not worried about Tum'ah of... Of... Um, of course, because they're small bones. You're not worried about Tum'ah oil. Because already, if there was a grave in there, of course you have Tum'ah oil. That's a problem. But there's no grave anymore. They, they plowed it. So by plowing it, they plowed up the whole body, and now all the bones are all over the place, so you can walk through it. What do you just got to do? You just have to be Menapeya. Rabbi Yehuda bar Ameh Mishmed Olamar Betaparish Nidash Tahor. And Rabbi Yehuda adds another Hadush. No argument there. He's agreeing. He's just giving another Hadush. Let's say the Betaparish was trampled, which means after they dug up the, after they, they plowed up the grave, they have little bone fragments all over the place here. Now let's say you had people that went in there and it was Nidash. People trampled on it. Then it's Tahor. Then already we're not concerned at all. The Kohen could walk in even without Nipuah. Because why? When they trampled it, there's nothing. There's no fragments anything. There's nothing, nothing, nothing left even for Tum'at Heset. So again, the law is if it was just plowed up, the Kohen can walk through it through Nipuah. If it was Nidash, if it was trampled on, it means that all the fragments are destroyed. Because somebody trampled on it. Not Kohanim. Let's say people that walk through that field, they trample on it. After they step on it, the bone gets destroyed. Then already it's Tahor. The Quaker walks to bring his Korah Pesah without even doing Nipuah. But you don't have to make Eitziyun. So the Gemara says, Amara Papa Lakashia, Kam Besadesh Abad Bakeber, Kam Besadesh Nechash Bakeber. Okay, two different types of Beta Parishes, by the way. There's a Beta Parish Shenechash Bakeber. Nechash Bakeber, you don't need Eitziyun. Again, let him just be a payah his way through the field. But there's also another type of Beta Parish, Shenevad Bakeber. Where there's a caver somewhere lost in that field. It's in the field somewhere, they forgot where they buried him. So in that case over there, you got to put a marker. And that's a safik. You don't know exactly which area of the field has the uh, uh, the corpse. So then you have to put a marker in it. So when it said, the three cases we have safik, they have to put markers. What were they? You had the case of sechachot. That was the tree next to the cemetery. Perahot, that was the, the stone protruding out of the wall. And the third case was Beta Paris. What type of Beta Paris? Beta Paris She'avad Bamet. When the Met was lost somewhere in the field, that's too much oil now. Because he's bottom line somewhere in the ground. Okay, so comes again, Gabran says. Vesadesh and Echadash Bakeber. Beta Paris Karila. Hold it. A Sadeh that a corpse. Was buried there, but it's lost somewhere in there. Do you call that a beta paris? Because that was one of the cases. You said beta paris. Say to me, beta paris and evad bakevet. Is that called a beta paris? Yes. Vatiran, as we learned, shilosha beta paris. And there's three different types of beta paris. Sadesh and evad bakevet. Sadesh and hiraj bakevet. Visdeh bochim. And the field of crying. Now, I know what Neharaj Bakevir is already. I know what Neibad Bakevir is. But what is Nebuchim? The field of crying. Mais Nebuchim. The Bishop of Rabbah Mishmet Ola Amar. Sadeh Shemaftirin Ba Metim. A field that they leave dead bodies in them. They leave dead bodies in them. Let's say they're taking a body, they're moving it from one cemetery to a different cemetery. So the custom was, they would have the people carrying the nifab, they would carry him from one city. When they get to the next city, they had a certain meeting point. 
where they would transfer over the body to the members of the let's say, of the city that is going to be buried. So they would leave the body in that field, and now the Nuh would come along and pick him up and bury him. So what's the problem? They're not leaving any bodies over there. Which means it's just a, it's just a, 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 a meeting point. It's a sadeh where they transfer leaves it there, and then the new Habrakadishah picks it up. So what's the problem of Tumah? So the Gibra asks, What's the reason why there's a problem of Tumah there? Amar Abimi, Meshum Yehush Ba'alim Yehush Ba'alim, what's the concern over here? But now when they're carrying this body, it's starting to decompose. So it's possible some limbs can fall off. So now what's going to happen? You can have a limb, for example, that falls off now, it's in the, in the field. Okay? Now what happens when you have two Hebrakadishahs over here? Each one's going to rely on the other one to inspect the field before they, before they leave. And what's going to end up happening? Nobody's going to inspect the field. And therefore, a sneh bochim, they call it sneh when people cry. But the inyan is your concern that since they're dropping off bodies always in that spot, and possibly a limb of the body could have fallen off, and you're concerned that the Amrakadishas did not inspect us, each one relied on the next guy, so you have Tumav here. So you have Tumav in the field. So that's why you have to be concerned. It's also called a Beta Pares. Okay, so comes the Gibran says. Now, the only one that you have to mark is not Neharaj Bakever, because Neharaj Bakever can make Nipuah. In this case, also, by a limb, either it's above the ground, so he'll be able to see it, and if it's not above the ground, also he'll be able to blow his way uh, through it, or he'll be able to, 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 to see it. The only one of the, 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 you have to put a marker is on the station Evad Bakever. Because that's a body, it's buried underground, it's Tumat, Oil. And therefore, if you're not going to put a marker, you're not going to know exactly, the coin's not going to know exactly where to go. So only one of the three needs a marker. This is there. Good? Comes the says, Oh, I'm going to go the other way now. If it's Nehadash Bakevet, you don't need a Siyun? Well, we understood you don't need a Siyun. Why? Let's speak it out. Because what are you worried about? There's no worry about it. You worry about little bone fragments. Bone fragments, you can blow his way through the field. Just keep on walking, you can blow his way. Because bone fragments are not metameh be'oyen. They're only metameh be'hesit. So the Gibran, you don't need a siyun. So the Gibran says, you don't need a siyun? Ve'atanya, we have a b'naita. Matzah sadeh mitsuyinet. Listen to this story. Have a kohen. He got to a field. He sees there's a siyun over there. There's a marker. Ve'en yadua matiba. He doesn't know what type of field this is. He doesn't know what type of field. Is it Nehirajba? Because if it's Nehirajba, he could walk through it Benefiha. If it's Nehirajba, he can't walk in it at all. So stop. Right away, what do you see over here? That they used to always mark, even station Nehirajba came in. Again, says a Kohen got to a field. He sees a marker. He doesn't know what type of field it is. But what are the options? It could be a station Nehiraj or a station Nehirajba. If it's Nehirash, he can walk through it by blowing his way through it. If it's Nehirash, he can't walk in it at all. But what do you see from this statement, but? That in the olden days, they used to put markers even on a Sadeh. And you told me now that a Sadeh does not need a Tziyun. But here it says clearly, 
That if you have a mark and you don't know what you... What do you mean? If you only put on Stishon Ebad, of course he knows what type of field it is. It's Stishon Ebad. It must be he doesn't know because he needs to put on both type of fields. Now, the Gebrazah will give you a way to, 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 to tell what type of field it is. Yesh ba'ilanot, if there's trees in this field, for sure you know it was plowed. Why? Because there's trees. Trees need plowing, by the way. So therefore, if there's trees, you know, it must be there's a plowing situation. Because you know, the trees to exist, you got to always plow them. So therefore, they must have put the marker. You don't know, is it, is it Neharash or is it Ne'evad? Oh, once you see trees, you can assume the field is plowed. And that's why they put the marker. And if he can walk through with the Kohen by blowing his way through. And by Ilanot, if there's no trees... Then you have to assume that the reason why they put the marker is because there's a coffin somewhere buried in this field, so he's not going to be able to walk in it at all. Good? You have to get a clarification from an old man, an old Zakin, Tamir Acham, or Tamir or a student, which means, we'll say like this, according to. Right, you have to ask. You have to ask to find out what type of fee, which means the ulam that she says love you You want to be lenient to Kohen. I want to say it's neharash. I can walk in. You cannot rely on it's neharash till you hear it from an old timer or a tamid hakam that'll tell you it's neharash. So the first rabbi says you can use the trees. Has trees neharash. Second rabbi says, no, 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 okay, you have trees. You got to go to the rabbi of the town and ask him, what's the status of this field? Now, Gebarah says, so the question is, what are you talking? I thought you told me by a sedition, you don't have to put a tziyun. We're talking about a case like this. It started off as a sedition. There was a guy buried in there, somewhere in the field. What's the law if somebody's burning? They put a marker. After they put the marker, they plowed it. So therefore, the marker was not put originally because of a plowed field. Plowed field, you don't got to put a marker. Originally, it was put because of... Oh, so now I walk to the field and I see a marker. So I say, oh, must be... Oh, yes, but if I see trees in that field... I can assume that that coffin that was lost in the field, there's no problem anymore with oil. I can assume that it was plowed up, therefore they can walk in with Nipuah, with blowing. So the marker was not for the Nehirash issue, it started off for the Ne'ebad issue. But the Ne'ebad by Kevin, by Abi Ilanot, you can assume now it is Nehirash. So the Gibraltar says, "Ain ba ilanot." But if there's no trees, be yadua she avad ba kever. So therefore, the maaseh that the Gibraltar's a point over here that again you only make tziyun for neivad ba kever. Why? Because it's an oil issue. Why is it an oil issue? Because they have a corpse. They have a corpse. If the corpse is going to walk in that field, he might walk over a mat and he's going to become tamer. But it's tziyun over there. Neivad ba kever. Don't put it tziyun. Why don't put it tziyun? What are you worried about? Bone fragments. Walk through it, let him just blow away the bone fragments and walk through. Oh, but what do you mean? This was a field over here that was Nehadat, had a tziyun. It had a tziyun because originally it was Nehavad Bakavir. After it was Nehavad Bakavir, then already the guy walked by. He said, Oh, I see a tziyun over here. Oh, Nehavad Bakavir. 
No, I see trees. Ah, trees must be eventually that Nevad Bakeve field. They eventually plowed it. And they, of course, they're plowing the trees. And they, of course, they're plowing the trees. They were able to walk through it. Baruch Adonai Amen.